Welcome to Trendline. I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. The power here in the nation's capital is no longer in the hands of politicians. What is your government trying to hide? We uh, gave out uh, the largest and most expansive waiver of cabinet confidence. Justin Trudeau is doing everything he can to block that investigation. Justin Trudeau isn't who he pretended to be. Greens don't split votes, Greens throw votes. So Nick, we're off to a rocky start so far. The Liberal campaign plane got hit by the media bus, insert your own joke there. We had uh, the NDP still trying to get candidates approved. The Greens lost a candidate. And Andrew Scheer, who's been trying to avoid any controversy over uh, the abortion issue, reopening the abortion issue, he was campaigning today with a candidate who has previously said that she is anti-abortion. And I haven't even talked about Bill 21 yet. Are you pumped or what? <laughs> I am. I am pumped. I mean, this is this is crazy. And we haven't even really gone into it yet. You know, yesterday, yesterday you know, the, the launch of the campaign earlier this week was basically the launch of glitches. Right. So Justin Trudeau and the Liberals wanted to talk about their, their forward vision. They got sideswiped by that because of SNC-Lavalin and the Globe and Mail, and also questions on Bill 21 and religious symbols from Quebec politicians. Then they kind of, you know, they kind of made contact. And I don't think anyone really wants a bus to make contact with a plane under any circumstance. Andrew <laughs> Scheer was ready for the election because he had said that he was going to gear up on September the 11th. And then mm -hmm. he had to be diverted because of fog. And then diverted, he wanted to go to Trois-Rivières, and he had to be... Re diverted and get on a bus uh, so you know not great logistical things for either one of those federal leaders on the first day but you know these are the things that get worked out so I expect glitches but after a couple of weeks if they're still uh, making glitches and having problems and if uh, different modes of transportation are uh, inadvertently or inappropriately making contact with each other then it's going to be the narrative <laughs> of the wheels falling off the bus or off right. the plane for whoever uh, whoever has that bad luck. I'm just happy that they found a brand new plane for for everyone to travel on because that that is not a plane I would want to uh, board. Yeah, do you think do you think Jagmeet Singh had like plane envy because he can't afford <laughs> he can't afford a plane. He's kind of I think he's no he's like on a bus. He's only going to be periodically being able to use a plane. And you know here's one of his competitors. He's like mm. oh my plane has a scratch now. I think I'll get a new plane. So, uh, so I'm sure for Jagmeet Singh, he's like, darn, I'm on this bus. Look at the liberals. Why can't we be like them? So, uh, so I'm sure there was a little bit of uh, envy on the new Democrats mm. at how quickly the liberals were able to replace the, uh, the airplane. So the conservatives, meanwhile, are hammering uh, Trudeau over the ongoing SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, we saw an absolute bombshell report, yet another one, from uh, the Globe and Mail's Robert Fife. And today... Jody Wilson-Raybould, former justice minister, uh, confirmed that the RCMP has spoken to her about the SNC-Lavalin affair. Um, is this sticking to Trudeau? It's already stuck to Trudeau, let's face it. He's not going to recover from this. This is going to be part of the legacy, regardless of how long he serves uh, as uh, prime minister, this is going to be part of his legacy. I don't think there's any kind of way for him to recover. He has to somehow get past this and hope that it's not one of the key factors that Canadians use to judge him in, uh, in a survey that we just did with the Globe and Mail released earlier this week. It suggested that only 17% of Canadians thought that he would be the best person to run an ethical government. 
trailing both Elizabeth May and Andrew Scheer. So this is no good news. And all the opposition parties know this is a weak spot. They're going to be hammering him over and over and over again in order to try to shake loose as many votes as possible on the ethics front. Now, both of these parties are trying to uh, get or keep their seats in Quebec. And that's where we have Bill 21, which seems to be sort of an unexploded bomb for both parties that they're sort of tiptoeing around. Bill 21 is a religious symbols bill where if you're working for the government, if you're a teacher, you're not allowed to wear uh, a head covering or other uh, religious uh, symbols. How is this going to impact uh, both parties and who has more to lose in this? Yeah, I think I don't think this is a real bomb. I think this is kind of like a stink bomb. You know, when the stink bomb goes off and someone <laughs> in the room says, I don't smell anything. And then everyone else goes, are you kidding me? That stuff stinks. That's actually oh my gosh, what this yes. that's what this issue is for the liberals. You know, mm-hmm. for the liberals, you know, for them to try to hold on to government, they need to pick up seats in the province of Quebec, seats that are currently held by the New Democrats, were previously held by the Bloc Québécois. These are rural Quebec seats where nationalist sentiment runs strong, where support for the ban is strong, and I'm not sure the liberals can effectively square the circle on being opposed to the ban and then asking those very same voters to support the liberals because what will happen is you can bet your bottom dollar that the Bloc Québécois will say stuff like, yeah, just watch it. He's going he's gonna to not do anything during the election. And, and if Justin Trudeau happens to win, he will mount a court challenge. He will try to overturn what the province wants. And you should watch out for him. This Bill 21 and the religious symbols is a lifeline to the Bloc Québécois. It gives them mm. something to talk about. It allows them to attack Ottawa. It allows them to attack the Liberals and the New Democrats at the same time, because the New Democrats have a definitive position on this when it comes to being against the ban. So look at the block. It's Christmas time for them because of the uh, Bill 21 and the controversy related to the banning of religious symbols in the province of Quebec. And you've said this before on on this podcast that the block are, are back from the dead. Yeah. I guess if you're if you're a federalist, it's kind of like that bad movie where you think the monster is dead and they come back to life, mm-hmm. you think, you know. So, you know, for the Bloc Québécois, what we know from a polling perspective is that usually onto themselves, it's hard for them to move the numbers. They're very good at reacting to events. If there's anti-French sentiment, if negative comments are made about Quebec, if there's a perception that uh, Quebec is not getting its fair share in the Federation, if people say negative things about francophones and the french language right and right and you know it allows voters in the province of quebec to support the bloc not ideologically but on nationalist basis an emotional basis mm. where they vote for the bloc in order to send a message to english canada that they don't want english canadians meddling in the affairs and society in the province of quebec right i've, I've heard you say this before so i think when a lot of Canadians think of the Bloc, we think of a separatist party, which they are, or a sovereigntist party, rather. But the way that you're seeing it is that they appeal to more of a nationalist sentiment. Yeah, they're the nationalist homies, like the home team for anyone right. that's proud to be a francophone in Quebec, that's proud of Quebec, wants Quebec, he believes that Quebec is distinct 
and unique uh, and, uh, and is willing to strategically support the bloc in order to advance the interests, the provincial interests of the province of Quebec and to fight for French and Francophone issues. Now, we've talked about the Liberals in Quebec and we've talked about the Conservatives in Quebec. We have not talked about the NDP in that province. I know we've mentioned this in, in our last episode, but uh, do you see any any hope yet for, for Jagmeet Singh? I mean, he is a visible minority and uh, he was right on day one of the campaign. He was asked this question uh, in reference to Bill 21. And I, I thought he had a very interesting answer. It's a divisive law. It, it states sanctions discrimination. It says that it's okay to discriminate. We say, you know, you shouldn't discriminate someone by the way they look. There's a law that says you're allowed to. And in fact, it's now a law to discriminate people because of the way they look. And that's sad and that's hurtful. I'm hoping that my presence in Quebec as someone who clearly has a turban, has a beard, um, maybe he's got nice long hair as well, uh, is a way to show people that, hey, listen, I believe in fighting for your identity. I love the French language. I grew up in Windsor, not really any sort of Francophone city, and I passionately believe that learning French enriched my life. And someone like me being in Quebec saying, I want to support and protect the French language and support the Quebec culture and identity, we can do that by promoting the language. We don't have to do it through divisive politics. Well, first, I thought he had a very good launch. He focused on ideas. Second, I thought his response on him being different was clever. He basically said, I'm different. Quebec's different from the rest of Canada. We should be celebrating that as Canadians. Mm, we should not. Right, I'm right. not threatened by Quebec being distinct or different. You should not be threatened by me being distinct or different. Mm. Um, but the other thing that, you know, to cut through and do well in the province of Quebec, Quebecers love personalities. They love large characters in, in politics. And you have to remember for, for you know, when politicians kind of make a breakthrough like Jack Layton did, he didn't do well in the Quebec, in Quebec for the first couple elections that he ran as leader of the NDP. He had a great mm -hmm. showing on Tout le monde en parle. He had a great showing on that show, and he connected with Quebecers, and then he was in the right place at the right time with the right message saying the right thing, and he just personally connected with Quebecers. What Jagmeet Singh has to hope for is to continue his... I'm different, you're different, but that's what makes Canada great message. And to hopefully do something where voters in Quebec see him and connect with him in terms of his personality and charisma and to hopefully resuscitate the new Democrat brand and political fortunes in the province of Quebec mm. because right now they're in the dumps compared to where they were at the heights under Jack Layton and Tom Mulcair. Speaking about personality and charisma, I want to backtrack again to day one of the campaign when Trudeau emerged from Rideau Hall. Uh, a lot of people found his first availability to the to the to the press to be weirdly flat and defensive. It seems like he's sort of running a defensive campaign right now. Um, what does he really have to do to sort of energize his base? Yeah, well, let's face it. You know, he went out knowing he was going to get punched in the face. Like when right. he read the Glo right. when he read the Globe and Mail that morning, it's kind of like, well, oh I know gosh, what the first yeah. five questions are going to be. I'm going to get punched in the face. When you looked at him, he's kind of like, okay, we're calling an election today. My name is Justin Trudeau, and I will be your punching bag. And he was the punching bag uh, for mm. the call of the election. 
but you know, when you look at Trudeau, he had uh, he had his backdrop of individuals behind him, but he was quite controlled. Uh, he was very uh, circumspect and didn't talk a lot. He had his answers down on trying to respond to the, the blockbuster story by the Globe and Mail and Bob Fife, Fife uh, that appeared in the newspaper that day. Uh, I think it's hard, it would be hard for anyone to be pumped knowing that, you know, the front page of the national newspaper uh, put something in the public domain that did not reflect well and kind of added to the one vulnerability that everyone roundly accepts as a weakness uh, and uh, a soft spot uh, for Justin Trudeau. So I think, I think, I think he came out thinking, I'm going to get punched in the gut. So I'm going to get, I'm just, he, he was just controlled, tried to be as controlled and as disciplined as he could be. And I'm sure he was thinking, let me just get out of there. Maybe that's why, you know, I was there at Rideau Hall with Lisa LaFlamme and, and Evan Solomon and Don Martin. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, we were wondering, what's he taking so long to go in there? Like Stephen Harper, when he, when he went in to, for the writs to be issued, he was in and out there. It was like a drive through He was done and like right. nothing flat. And he came out, called the election, and, and away he went. You know, Justin right. Trudeau spent a lot of time. He's probably thinking, do I really have to go out there? And uh, he was just preparing himself uh, to be roughed up by the media, rightly so because of the story, knowing that he would have mm. to focus on issues uh, not what he wanted to talk about, but trying to answer new information and a new media story related to the SNC-Lavalin affair. So today, Andrew Shear was campaigning with a candidate in a Toronto riding who is uh, anti-abortion. Uh, this issue keeps coming up and the liberals keep dredging this up and pushing it forwards. Uh, what does Andrew Shear have to do to finally put this thing to rest? Oh, I don't think there's anything he can do to put it to rest. The reality is the Liberals are going to bring this up again and again and again, whether fair or not, because the Liberals believe that it can move the numbers and help them among women voters. So, Andrew Scheer, buckle up. You're going to have to deal with this over and over again, and you're probably going to be very frustrated as the Liberals try to distract Canadians from what Andrew Scheer wants to talk about to abortion. We haven't even finished one week yet of this campaign, but so far, what's your big takeaway? My big takeaway is turbulence for everyone, right? Right across, <laughs> right across the board for Justin Trudeau and SNC-Lavalin, for Andrew Scheer and abortion, for Elizabeth May and candidates that may or may not be separatist. Uh, mm. Well, maybe not for Jagmeet <laughs> Singh. Jagmeet Singh had a good launch, so why don't we put him in a different category for this week? So we're waiting for your tracking numbers. When can we find those out? Saturday morning, first thing, go to the CTV News website oh, wow. or the Nanos website. We'll be posting our first poll. And after that, it will be every day to the very end. And also going into the election, uh, Nick and I, we are recording Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Nick, where can we find you? You can reach me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K, Nanos. And I'm at, at Michael Stiddle. Thanks a lot, Nick. It was fun. And if you like Trendline, please like and subscribe. I also want to mention that ctvnews.ca has an amazing electoral newsletter, if you like newsletters, called Election Dispatch. And you can find that at ctvnews.ca. This podcast was produced by Trevor Coral, Jesse Taharali, and Phil Hahn. 
Sound editing was done by Jesse Taharali. The executive producer is Liz Travers. Thanks for listening. Thank you.